0: He's getting close, but you know, we all got to be real in this thing, and I think the learning curve of where he's at, he's at a great place. Are there still mistakes? Yeah, of course, but he learns from them, so now he can take that and use it the next time he's out there. It's Hogan Johns.
1: I've just got more comfortable. I don't really get upset if I miss a throw. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly growing every day. I know that I can make that throw. My goal is to just improve every day. There's always going to be things that I'm going to have to work on at the end of the day. You know,
2: football
3: is football. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Ho. Justin, it just looks different. The ball just zips. And from the, a- From the athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns.
1: His ability to put the ball consistently in areas for only his guy to get it. That's different. It's the Adams. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's just its a process. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge.
3: Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in week eight here on the Hogan Johns podcast. Bears trying to get back on track against the 49ers who have lost four in a row and. Honestly, these teams are a little bit similar. Welcome in. What's up, Johnzie? What's going on? Should be a winnable ball game. Doesn't mean they're going to win it,
1: but you can
3: potentially win it, I would say. Potentially. A lot of things going on for the Bears this week. It's been a uh, kind of a stressful, adversity filled week, if we're being honest, as of recording. Oh, right you now, sound like a football coach. Well, okay. You are. Uh well the, <laughs> he, speaking of head coach, we don't even know if he's coaching this week. Uh the uh best player on the team, Khalil Mack, probably not playing this week. Uh what else we got? We still got COVID issues going on. Yeah, haven't we haven't even, heard a
1: we haven't heard a thing about Robert Quinn who's on that COVID list. There's that. I mean, so I don't I
3: am not trying Larry to Borum's back. Larry Borum. What does it say about the Bears that Larry Borum is now the savior? I didn't go there, but
1: the rookie is back in practice. Twenty-day practice window
3: is opened. I do have to say though, if maybe every position on the entire team, right tackle, is probably the biggest problem. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe maybe this week they actually give Lechavius Simmons some reps at it,
3: or they just play Larry Borum. That could work too, or Alex Bars, so, or Alex Bars. Yeah, that might make him Alex Bars play pretty well once he he, he uh, stayed in there. I don't think we're gonna see Lechavius Simmons. Nah, I don't know about that one. Uh, Anyway, welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Adam Hogue. He's at Adam Johns, and you can read all of our coverage. Uh, I'm at NBCSportsChicago.com. He, of course, is on The Athletic. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see his nice athletic hoodie. It's cold in Chicago. It is. is. Um, Bare weather. No such thing, but Lovey would call it that. Uh, stand by maybe a week or two. I think we might have some hoodies on the way for you. Ooh. I like it's it. Just a little tease there. Obviousshirts.com. You can check out our collection. Got some new stuff coming for you in November. So uh, we'll have more on that next week. But for now, uh, we need to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on at House Hall. Obviously, Nagy's been out of the building. We had a chance to talk to him over Zoom yesterday. Um, And... I don't know. He did, he's not really revealing his location, which, which is, is fine. fine. I, that, that part <laughs> that, that's
1: was my, funny. That, that's yeah, it was funny. That was my reaction. This is fine. I don't. I don't really care where he is. He's probably at a hotel somewhere. Come on, everybody. No, my Pat.
3: I, I thought the question was fine. I I don't know that I don't I don't know if he thought he had to like give a specific location. But you know, honestly, too, I with everything going on, I'm not sure I'd want to give my location away if I was him either. So,
1: like, very true.
3: Um, so <laughs> it's unfortunately the reality of sometimes being an, an NFL head coach when things aren't going well. To me, the more interesting stuff was what Justin Fields said and him talking about how he's going to start having more Zoom meetings with wide receivers and they're going to start, I mean, essentially changing routes is what he literally said <laughs> he that is, he, he is changing change. the offense. Yeah, I. It's like just this Field's is what I want to run,
1: and this I'm gonna go present it to Bill Lazor later. If this, well, we talked to Bill Laser later today, so there'll be some more. I don't call it clarity, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's the offensive coordinator will will comment later on the quarterback potentially changing the routes of said plays.
3: <laughs> and then Darnell Mooney was like, "Yep." And then we're gonna. I love what Darnell Mooney said because it was like, "Yeah, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna sit there. We're gonna watch the opposing defense." And then we're going to look at what they do. And then we're going to make changes based off what they do. And then maybe have some audibles in there once we see what they do. That wasn't a direct quote. That was me paraphrasing. And I'm like, huh, that's football. Isn't that what they're supposed to be doing with their coaches? Is this what we're not doing? Or what what are we doing here? I think that's what you do every week. Doing more of it. So, um... Look, this is either going to be a really, really good thing or it's going to go horribly wrong, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, but I do agree. I do agree. Look, we all sit there and watch the same thing. And we're all like, where are slants? Like, where, where are routes that can help Justin Fields a little bit more? And so, if it takes the players getting together to change the routes and look at what the deep, you know, ideally, you know, today's offense is you want a quarterback that can walk to the line of scrimmage, look at what he's seen. And then make a quick check or adjustment to one of his wide receivers. You, you see Aaron Rodgers, like, he'll pat his hip. He'll just do a quick pat on his hip, looking at Devontae Adams. Adams knows exactly what that means. And he runs a different route, and he's wide open, and then they score a touchdown. And it's like, it looks so simple. Um, those are also guys that have been playing in the league a lot longer and can do those types of things. So this is either going to... Ideally, this is what you want Justin Fields to be able to do. Is it a little too soon. Is it going to work? I don't know.
1: Number one, it's a a positive that you have a young quarterback taking ownership of his situation. Agreed. He does not like losing. He has not lost a lot in his football career. This sucks for him. So he's taking ownership. He's trying to find solutions. On the other side of that, like thought number two is, they're here because the offense sucks. They can't find any answers, and there are two years worth of Tape on other quarterbacks failing in this offense. So they're here because a lot of things have gone wrong. Um, uh, I'm trying to stay positive about it because I think Justin Fields is going to eventually find a way out of this. I don't know what it's going to take or what changes have to be made, wherever those changes are. Um, But this is still not a good situation to, to have your players holding their own zooms, trying to figure out their own offense. Right, like it's you. Could, you could see it both ways. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be positive about it, but there's a lot of negatives for why this positive is actually happening.
3: You know, here's the thing. There's, there's been there's been a number of things that have been said in the last couple of days in interviews um, that I feel like the head coach has to probably make a phone call about right to somebody and be like, "Hey, wait a minute. What did you mean by this? You know, or you know, even if it's." And and look, I I don't think there's anything wrong with Jason Peters offering up that Larry Borb's coming back this week. But like you know that the way they're operating this week, Nagy probably wasn't happy about him saying that.
1: You know what I love about that? I tweeted this. 39-year-old future Hall of Famer Larry, or Larry, Jason Peters, shouldn't give a damn. (laughs) He can say whatever he He, wants. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's doing the Bears a solid by playing right now. He could be back on his boat if he wanted to. He's made enough money. He's had a hell of a career. I get he wants to play maybe till he's 40, but he's doing the Bears a favor by playing. He can say whatever he
3: wants. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more later when we break down the game about whether or not this is going to work or not. But uh, I, I like the initiative, too. I think it says, I, I think big picture, it's a positive for Justin Fields. Like He just sort of has that it factor. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it this week. I'm not really that worried about Justin Fields as a quarterback. I'm worried about his development a little bit, mainly because of the things around him and what's happening in this offense. But him, I feel like he's strong enough to get through this mentally that... It's not going to impact him long term. So and let's be honest, that's a guess. Like maybe two years from now we look back at this and we're like, oh man, they really ruined Justin Fields. But Yeah, and, th- and this happens at all different points of quarterback's career. Like I like that year that excuse me, Jake Culler was sacked
1: a lot. When nine by the Giants. Yeah. Like you talk to people around the team, they they thought he was seeing ghosts in the backfield, you know, dropping back. Um it's a good Justin, reference. Halloween it, week. Yes. Yes, it is Halloween week. Um Justin Fields' sack rate, I think of fourteen point four percent, is nearly as bad as David Carr's fourteen point six percent sack rate when he was a rookie. We all know what that did to him, and we'll it's see. Concerning. I think I, I might have those reverse, but they're yeah, they're comparable. Definitely not, not
3: good, not good at all. No, and that's something they got to get out of really quick. Whether it's fixing the right tackle, whether it's Justin getting rid of the ball faster, whether it's again i think the routes are a big part of it you know but the 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 problem with everyone's asking max protect more more blockers well then you have less receivers running routes so it then it's harder to get matchups so but again that goes back to the coaches that goes back to scheme it goes back to the personnel you have you got to figure it out and it's taking too long to figure it out i think we all understand that
1: right it's, it's it's past time of figuring it out i think you know I, I it's
3: bewildering how about that word bewildering bewildering that's a good way to put it all right well the bears aren't the only team in this matchup going through some problems and uh, trying to dig out of a hole and quite frankly it's been a little bit worse for the san francisco 49ers who have now lost four in a row however they're still favored in this game so that tells you that uh the public in Vegas still think that the 49ers are a better team. I tend to agree. To break things down, though, and we'll find out more about what's going on with their quarterback situation and maybe big picture what's going on with their head coach and general manager situation as well, Matt Barrows covers the 49ers for The Athletic, and he joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Barrows. And uh, we've been talking... Matt, about how these teams have a lot of similarities right now. Uh, it seems like actually these two teams have been tied together for a while, even going back to like the draft day trade with Mitch Trubisky and how that all unfolded. So um, it's interesting to see them play each other this weekend in Chicago and uh, especially with you know the, the quarterback parallels and the front office parallels maybe a um, little bit different. But uh, just what's your general outlook at this matchup and how badly both teams need to win?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, Yeah. One good parallel is that Chicago was the, uh, well it's Jimmy Garoppolo's hometown and it's where he got his first start for this team uh, in 2017 after they traded for him. And at that point he was the Beatles. People were gaga over Jimmy Garoppolo out here. Uh, He could do no wrong. It was just an excitement level that I hadn't really seen from one player really ever, uh, just kind of coming in right away and electrifying an organization. And, um, you know, I I think out there probably that game is known as the Robbie Gold game because Robbie accounted for all 15 points. But, uh, you know, Garoppolo was was stringing together drives. He was really good on third down. He was uh, ad-libbing his way up and down the field. He really didn't know the offense at that point. Um, and it was just uh, a sign of, you know, only great things were going to come from this. So uh, to look look at it now and to contrast what the sentiment is towards Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, people can't wait to see him out of there. Uh, they can't wait to see Trey Lance as the starting quarterback, even though he, they, they know he's going to struggle a bit. Uh, I just feel like that. That contrast is is so stark. That's that's the main kind of framework that uh, that I'm looking at this game. How has
1: Garoppolo handled all of that? Well, you know, here we are in Chicago talking about Andy Dalton being the mentor for Justin Fields, who is going through his growing pains, his learning experiences as he plays as a rookie. But for Garoppolo. Coming home to Chicago, where I think I read there's going to be over 100 family members or 100 family and friends in attendance at Soldier Field. I'm just curious with that in the backdrop, like how is he handling everything that's gone on maybe since the Super Bowl run, since his stars kind of faded a bit?
2: I mean, from a, a locker room standpoint, from a, a being a teammate standpoint, he's handled it all well. I think the 49ers thought that, okay, if we draft a guy at uh, number three overall, uh, and we make it clear that uh, your job isn't safe, Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to see a Jimmy Garoppolo that we haven't seen before. And our big dilemma at the end of the season is, uh-oh, you know, what if, what if Jimmy Garoppolo has another year like 2019 we go to the playoffs? Uh, it's going to be hard to part ways with him at that point. And we just haven't seen him take his game to another level. In fact, I mean, you can make the argument that he's gotten a little worse efficiency wise every season that he's been here and injuries are a, a massive part of that, of course. But, um, you know, I, I think that that is sort of uh, one of the main points, main reasons why uh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers wanted to move in a different direction at quarterback. Cause they felt like, okay, w- w- we think this guy has reached his, his Zenith uh, and he's not going to get much better. Uh, although I, I I do think that they thought, they could, um, you know, maybe uh, this, this year would have motivated something out of Garoppolo that they didn't see the the previous uh, year, year and a half. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's a, a regret. Um, I think that he definitely has a, a calf injury and had one against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And um, it, it'll be a little bit better against the Bears. And, and this should uh, create some bounce for him. I mean, he's excited to be back in Chicago. He loves Chicago. Loves the White Sox. He's a uh, Arlington Heights guy. Uh, loves C- Chicagoland. So um, it's, it's going to be a uh, a big game for him, and and, and the 49ers are expecting a, a better game from him.
3: Matt, what's been the temperature with the quarterback situation with the fan base? Because here in Chicago, I mean, you, these are the two teams that didn't start their rookies right away. And in Chicago, it's just like it's been from day one just constant criticism of the handling and... Uh, not making Justin Fields the guy from the start and not giving him enough reps with the ones in training camp. Um wh- what's it been like with the 49ers situation? Cause from the outside it almost seems like there's been a little bit more acceptance of Jimmy Garoppolo playing over Trey Lance, but maybe I'm wrong on that.
2: Well I think it's starting to, to turn right now uh, as the 40 you know 49ers are two and four as it you know becomes more and more clear that they're maybe not a, a playoff team um, you know, during the off season, the, the 49ers were doing this, uh, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill thing where, uh, they would alternate the the quarterbacks a little bit. Um, and, uh, in the last preseason game against the Raiders, they did it quite a bit. And in fact, they were coming in and out for each other, uh, on sequential plays and, and everybody thought that that would be what they did. I mean, that Garoppolo would get the lion's share, but we'd see a, you know, a good number of Trey Lance snaps. And that happened in in week one against the Lions. And then Lance didn't play at all in week two against the Eagles. And then he had only scant snaps in week three. So it it really wasn't beginning the way that uh, at least uh, the fans and the media were expecting it to. So there was grumbling about that. And like I said, um, it it started to change in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Four game losing streak will do that. The, the question being, OK, if you're losing, you might as well put Trey Lance in, give him this experience that he needs. When he did start, Garoppolo was hurt in week five against the Cardinals, so he had to start that game. Uh, he looked like a rookie. I mean, there, there were there were good things and bad things. I'm sure he looked a lot like uh, Justin Fields in that. Um, one of the bad things was that it took him a long time to get rid of the ball, um, the, the slowest of any quarterback that weekend. And uh, he took a lot of hits because of that, because of design runs, because of scrambles out of the pocket. Uh, He ran the ball 16 times and then lo and behold, uh, a a day later, woke up with a knee injury um, and and didn't play uh, against Indianapolis at all. So uh, it's been a very short look, but uh, fans have already seen sort of the the whole rookie experience, Uh, the excitement. Uh, the letdown, the inevitable injury because they're getting banged up so much. Uh, but uh, the the bottom line is I think most fans out here now want to see more Trey Lance moving forward.
1: Man, I, I got a big uh, picture question for you, but but quickly before that, what's the latest on Robbie Gold? Should we expect uh, another five, was it five field goals by him at Soldier Field and a stare down at the Bears' sideline? But uh, he's hurt, right?
2: Yeah, he was, uh, they were playing the, the Seahawks in week four and we're up in the press box and we see uh, Kyle Shanahan make a beeline, this is during warmups, make a beeline to, to Robbie Gold uh, and consults Gold for five minutes. And, you know, the joke upstairs was, oh, Shanahan just fired Robbie Gold. <laughs> What's going on here? There was like a, a real question about what, what was happening. It turns out that he strained his groin during warmups. Uh, and couldn't kick that day. So uh, he went on IR right after that, and I I think this is the third game that uh, he has to miss. So uh, they brought in a replacement, Joey Sly. So if if anything, this will be a a Joey Sly game in Chicago. I don't don't think we're going to see Robbie Gold.
1: And then the – it's actually too bad, by the way, because that's like a fun storyline with – Robbie's different than your typical kickers, right? Like especially here in Chicago where he's still – Well, I imagine
3: he's still going to be making the trip. I mean, his family still lives there. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's taken a while for the Bears to finally figure out kicker. You know, they finally have Cairo Santos, where they had so many other guys coming in and fail. They had that famous kicking derby. But anyway, big picture question for you, Matt. Like, in Chicago, like Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I mean, they're under fire. Uh, People want them fired. Um they're ready to to move on from them. Um, there are calls for their heads every day on, on Twitter. Um, fans have had enough. Are John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan on the hot seats at all whatsoever? Like I was looking at the um, their seasons. I mean, outside their thirteen and three Super Bowl season, I mean, they're what 18-36? Did I do the math right on that? Uh, they're
2: they're definitely uh, losing. Seasons outside of uh, 2019, um, among the fans, absolutely they're on the hot seat. Uh, I, I just did a mailbag where it was one question after another, uh, where the uh, the subtext is when are they going to fire A or B, one guy or the other one, uh, because what they built uh, isn't isn't working. Now they they signed six years deals back in 2017 when they were hired, which was unprecedented. And then right after the the 2019 Super Bowl season, where they failed to win the Super Bowl, by the way, they they uh, signed other six year deals. So there's still years and years yeah. and years left on these contracts. Um, they they still get along well. That was the big thing for Jed York, the owner, is that the the group that preceded them was the uh, the Harbaugh Trent Balky group. You know, and, and there were some some coaches after. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, but uh, the, the issue was that those two guys did not get along. I mean, it was, and it was palpable. Uh, and Jed York's number one goal was to find uh, a front office and a coaching staff that worked in co- cohesion, and he found it in Lynch and Shanahan. So as long as they're on the same page and there's no backbiting uh, and things that typically tear up uh, a team – I think that they're safe. They also you know, drafted this quarterback as, as a long-term project with the understanding from day one that it was a long-term project. So it's hard for me to see ownership abandoning A or B, front office or coaching, um, given uh, the, the project that they've undertaken.
3: All right, Matt, time for the prediction. Who you got in this game? You know, I, I picked. The, it, this is this is
2: awful because I sound like a homer every week. Um, I predict the 49ers, and every week the 49ers lose, and every week week I look like an idiot. Um, but I'm sticking to my guns on this one because I, I see the 49ers, and every now and then they wake up. Uh, they had a, like a brilliant drive to open the game against the Colts for a touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, out of the blue, a three-play drive for a touchdown, just three straight uh, throws from Jimmy Garoppolo, beautiful throws touchdown to Debo Samuel so it's it's in them somewhere to to have a really good game um and uh, you know I've watched Justin Fields and looks like a rookie and uh you know I I think he's going to get hit a lot I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes uh the question is can the Bears run consistently against the 49ers and I should note that the Colts had the first 100 yard rushing game in over a year and a half against the 49ers the other night with Jonathan Taylor so Uh, it it could be that there's a splinter opening up on that defense. But like I said, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will have a better than usual game in his hometown, Uh, and uh, I just feel like Justin Fields is in the middle of, you know, the the typical rookie malaise that all of these guys usually go through. So uh, I see mistakes, and I see the 49ers winning 24-17.
1: Okay, there you go. A fair prediction. Somewhere in the stands of Soldier Field, there'll be a lot of Garoppolos cheering for that. A lot of Garoppolos. There will
2: be. I, I wonder, those guys are, you know, uh Dyed in the Wool uh Chicago fans too, whether they, they've got the number ten Garoppolo jersey, but then they have a Bears jersey on underneath that, because that's where their, their heart is really at.
1: No, I I think these days though, um they can get by with cheering for the forty <laughs> <Probably>. nine. <Probably. laughs>
3: The fans uh, right, are so Matt. upset. Uh, Matt, appreciate the time. Uh, thanks. Thanks again for joining us. Our listeners should be following you this week at Matt Barrows
0: on Twitter, and we'll see you on Sunday. All right. See you guys on Sunday. Thanks, Matt. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that
1: are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
3: All right, good stuff from Matt Barrows there as we get a better idea of what's going on with uh, the 49ers and they're trying to dig out of a hole here too. All right, it's time to start breaking down this matchup. And to do that, we bring in our guy Kevin Fishbane. You know, he's gotten so good at the three big questions and he's been so accepting of Adam Johns handing off his work to him
4: that we're just going to keep it going, I think. What's up, Kev? What's up, guys? You want a fun fact? Yes, always. Yeah, not that fun. But um, no. you guys remember the bye week after London?
3: I don't remember what I did that week, but I remember that the bye week happened.
4: Good. Well, since that bye, the Bears are 16 and 19, including that playoff game against the Saints. Eleven of those nineteen losses have come by double digits, including all four games this season. 11 of 19 of their losses since the bye in 2019 have come by double digits. Remember, the first seven games they lost under Matt Nagy, zero were by double digits. That includes the four games in 2018, the playoff game, and the first two losses in the 2019 season.
0: That's not cliche talk. That's real talk.
4: So what are you telling us, Kev? <laughs> Interpret the fun You know, fit. I remember doing these stats for John Fox because the whole idea of John Fox was he was going to be the type of coach in which they would avoid these embarrassing lopsided losses. And then the lopsided losses kind of piled up on him. And then Matt Nagy comes in and... They obviously have a good team in twenty eighteen, and then even the start twenty nineteen. Like they're they're playing competitive games, um, but there have been too many non competitive games. I think in the last two years, you know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliar, whatever that word is, non familiar. Um,
3: uh... Yeah, it's classic. You know what's funny? I don't even remember what this podcast podcast was like in twenty eighteen. Because every other year it's been like this where there's like problems and anger and coaches might be on the hot seat and <laughs> 2018 everything went right and I don't remember like what was it like going through like week by week in 2018 like oh yeah they're probably gonna win they're probably gonna oh, win again Santa where i
1: i i have, I forgot all the trick play names
4: um Willy Wonka Right. Willie Wonka Willy was Wonka. one. Uh play Freezer, Freezer left.
1: Freezer left. That was a mm. Hicks scoring.
4: Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not one to point blame. However here we go. You know, Adam Johns joined the athletic prior to the twenty nineteen <laughs> season. <laughs> Adam <laughs> Jones, I, <laughs> I became more of a regular on this podcast prior to the twenty nineteen season. Oh, so who is it? It's your fault. Sounds like you're blaming yourself. Yeah, a little bit of my fault. Nice try talking Here, about my move. I, I mean, I still think back to, relative to this podcast, the excitement level. Where were we at Hounds Was that where we were at? Where were? What part yes. were we at?
3: Yeah, we were at Hounds Tooth <laughs> in uh, Wrigleyville, and and uh, somebody on this podcast predicted that the Bears would still thirteen and three. <laughs> yeah. Memories. Which again. Which again Sounds ridiculous now. I still don't really understand why it sounded so ridiculous then. They won 12 games the year before, and they right. were supposed to be better. Everybody picked them to have a winning record. Thank
1: you. Maybe not as good as 13. And three. Everyone predicted think,
3: them to go to the playoffs that year, too. Was there a single person who said they weren't going to the playoffs? No, I think I had 11 and 5. I think
4: I had 11 and 5. Sure I had 10 and 6, I believe. There's that gif again.
3: Thank you. All right, Kevin, uh, give me your three big questions, at least one of them.
4: Question one, um, offensively, what do you guys think about the idea of first play of the game, Justin Fields <laughs> under center, multiple tight end set, play action, deep shot?
1: What do we think about it?
4: Yeah, what do you think about it?
1: Is is, is Justin Fields diagramming that right now? In, uh. Zoom, zoom meetings, meetings you got some insight on that? Uh, I'm just thinking, I'm, thinking,
4: I'm thinking just like, they, you know, they can't throw the ball downfield. They're really good at running the ball. And, I mean, everybody in the world is going to expect the first play of the game is going to be a handoff to Cleo Herbert. Let's go. Let it rip. Mm. I would a, just run a pitch to the left. <laughs> that's the thing. If it's incomplete, it would be just as effective as that pitch to the left. if pitch to the left. Yep.
3: See, here's the thing, though. If they don't get it, they're not going to get a first down. It's a second and 10. Then their whole first drive is screwed.
4: Yeah.
1: No, they should pass more first downs, but go on.
4: Question two. The Bears have five games this season without an interception, which is actually, it's like, I feel like we forgot that all, so many of those picks came in that Bengals game in three straight possessions. Yeah, you're right. yeah, Bears have five games a season without intercepting a pass. The 49ers are 24th in interception rate. Will the Bears get an interception on Sunday, and who will it be?
3: Wait, you're saying their their offense is 24th yes. in interception rate, meaning they're throwing a lot of interceptions. Correct. Okay. Um, Man, all that talk Eddie Jackson did the other day, he better pick a pass off. He said, "It's coming. It's coming." It's the same conversation with
1: Eddie Jackson every time he talks. I know. Can I just Which vent about he, that he,
4: for his for his PR? You know, he should talk more because after he talks, we're all kind of sitting there like, "Oh, yeah, that's the Eddie Jackson we all know and you know we all know and remember." But and it's he doesn't the talk same. To us it's
1: about month. his tackling. It's about the lack of turnovers. It's the same stories with the guy. So yes, maybe he picks one up. I'm gonna say Jalen Johnson.
3: I'm gonna say no interceptions.
4: Ooh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go no interceptions. Jimmy G has a good day then, huh? I guess I kind of turned some of these questions into bold predictions in a way, but that's
0: okay. Bold predictions.
4: To, uh, question three: A win probably won't make fans feel differently about the team, or anyone out. And I think anyone outside the building won't feel differently. But with a road Monday night football game coming up before the bye, are we in line for another most important game of Matt Nagy's career? Game? Is
1: is Matt Nagy going to be there?
4: That, by the way, that is the, you know, if he's not there, is it his fault when if they lose? Is it a, does he get credit if they win?
1: Like it's,
3: a, <laughs> I said this the other day. It's a lose lose if he's not yeah. there. Yeah, because if they win, then. It's like oh, they won without Matt Nagy, that's the difference. And then if they lose, it's just another loss. It doesn't help anything.
4: Let let's say for the conversation of the question, he's there and he's coaching. Okay. Like they can't lose this game. Well, they can. They, they can. yeah, yeah. Cuz you you I mean, the 49ers are coming in. This is the this is the lack of respect the Bears have and it's earned. The 49ers are a mess right now. I mean, you guys just talked to Matt Barrows about it. They are a mess. They're coming to Chicago as four-point favorites. Yeah. They are a mess. They just lost to the Colts. Let me add a fourth question.
3: Is it more likely that the Bears go into the bye at four and five? Or three and... Wait, is my math right there? Three and four. I'm saying they split the next two games. You can do this.
4: Yes. You got it? So they split the next two games or they lose the next two (laughs) games? Yeah,
3: or they're three and six.
4: Three and six or four and More
3: likely, they go into the bye at four and five or three and six.
1: It feels like a three and six run. It does.
4: I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but...
1: If if Khalil Mack isn't going to play, Robert Quinn's still on the COVID list, like what is Sean Desai gonna have at his disposal? Even if Robert Quinn does return, he hasn't played it in, in a bit. It's it's a problem. It's a problem.
4: What do you think, Kev? Well, I mean, if I had to go from five and four, four, and five, three, and six, five and four is obviously the least likely. I feel like they can win one of these games. Because, like, they, they just have generally found a way to do that over the years. But then again, they, they also win losing like, streaks. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I, I think they can, but I think it's far more likely that they lose both of them.
4: Yeah. Yeah. To quote a uh, competing podcast here, it's again, like it did last week, you know, the Bears are kind of almost in kitchen sink position here for a kitchen sink game where you just have to... Like again, like they can't really they can't afford to go into the by 3 and 6. The way that the, the direction of the team, like the way that the decision makers want this team to go. They obviously want to contend for the playoffs. They have to find a way to be at least 4 and 5. It's like one of these games they're going to have to pull out a bunch of stops, you would think, to win. I don't know if that means anything good is going to happen. They haven't shown me any reason to think that they can pull out of the stops and good things will happen because of that.
1: I just don't think they're going to score. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Bold prediction:
1: Johns has him getting <laughs> shut out. No, I don't. Oh, you know what I mean. Maybe Cairo Santos
4: kicks a few a few field goals, but
3: and uh, Carlos Santos, they can't move the ball. Only could
1: run. The By ball. the way,
4: I, I I mentioned this on the podcast, and I said it in um, one of my Monday stories that the Bears aren't doing a good enough job taking advantage of Cairo Santos. I think I said this after the Packers game. Like he's really good, it's like
3: an offensive weapon.
4: Right, and I get and people were making fun of me in the comments. I'm like, no, no, but like, look at where this team is right now. Like, they can't even get the ball in the field goal range, and they have a guy who's automatic.
3: Yeah, they can't true. get
4: him in position to like take advantage of him. Like, you can score. Like, they should be able to score you know nine to twelve points. They should get, be getting him three to four field goals a game.
3: And he's doing his job getting touchbacks too.
4: But you that, don't have enough
3: kickoffs because you're not scoring.
4: That's a special teams coordinator right there
3: damn straight it is. All right, let's keep things moving because we got to go get to the special teams coordinator slash acting head coach here uh, in a little bit at House Hall. Uh, let's get to uh, Bold Predictions. Bold Predictions. I'll go right off of your thing there, Kevin. I think Cairo Santos makes three field goals in this game.
4: Do the Bears score any touchdowns?
3: But Robbie Gould will have four and then the 49ers will win because we've already covered that game one time <laughs> when he outscored the Bears offense. <laughs> When but this time like
1: I, remember that game?
3: Like that was stared, the most oh, insane game. I It was It was, was, so it was the best. I think that's my favorite game I've ever covered.
1: The stare down of the Bears sideline and
3: John Fox and Jeff Rogers. You remember that? Oh yes. And then we got to and then like the it was like what's the point of even going to talk to the Bears? We're going to the 49ers locker room to talk to Robbie Gold. Robbie.
1: Yeah.
4: I rewatched the last sequence of that game the other day. Don't ask why. And the Fortnighters had third and goal. The Bears had no timeouts. And the Fortnighters ran like a legitimate run play. Yeah. And Jonathan Bullard got a tackle for loss. And the Bears are like jumping up and down. And I'm remembering what I was thinking in the press box. What are you doing? Let him score. And when we asked John Fox about that after the game, he made it seem like letting them score was the. Literal worst idea in the history of football. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. How
3: I'm laughing
1: too much about how much of a disaster all that was. Well, his like. end of teams. game,
3: his end of game, like situational stuff. He just had no idea. It, it just, there was the game in, t- in Detroit too, where he didn't use his timeouts properly and they lost that one. Um, like that's a legitimate thing. Like every head coach, we literally won a JV game in the spring because we let the other team score, and then we went down and scored. Like you have to do that. It's just common sense. Yeah. Like to not even know that is uh, is crazy. Guys, he challenged a play, and the Packers ended up getting a touchdown. Out of it. That's the best. <laughs> that's the that's the best thing. Oh. So many things. So many grand memories. How do we cover this team? <laughs> I don't know. I think that was year one of our podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would have been towards the end of John Fox. So that would yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 17. Both of those games were in 17, right? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Just don't flop it out there and expect to perform like that. All right. All uh, cool um, predictions I- from you guys.
1: Uh, oh, gosh. what? Maybe that Jalen Johnson interception. I'll carry that over. Fair enough, Kevin.
4: Jesse James touchdown catch. Holy hell, that's crazy. Um,
1: why throwback?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Holy
1: hell, that's crazy. <laughs> I have to pull that one as a drop.
4: Jesse James touchdown catch. Uh. Bears. I don't know. Well, well, we haven't had run out of catch a pre- last game. game I thought yes. he, he,
1: yeah. he had a reception in Tampa, yeah, right? He had three
4: catches, I think, and they didn't mean anything, but he had three catches.
3: All
1: right, predictions. Uh, I'm going to go 17, 13, 49ers. Okay. Right on the number. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas knows what they're doing sometimes. 17, 13, 49ers. Jimmy G, two touchdown passes.
4: Kevin? I just gave the Bears a touchdown, so I have to do my math here. Um, so two Carlos Santos field goals. Um, John said 17, 13. I'll go 49ers, 18, Bears, 13.
3: Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> say 49ers uh, 17, Bears 16. I think it's close. I think this is gonna be one of those gut wrenching games. What, what was, was your score again, Adam? 17, 17, 16. 17, 16. Like maybe it's a field goal at the end. Whatever. It's gonna be. It's gonna be one of those uh, head scratchers. So we all got the 49ers winning.
1: All the uh, fans dressed up like Mike Dicka in the
4: stands for Halloween are gonna be furious. <laughs>
3: What,
1: what are you about guys that? dressing
4: up as for the press box?
1: Ted Lasso, Ted Ooh. Lasso, Pat Finley. I'm gonna we'll put on green pants.
3: <laughs> we should. What if we all showed up in green pants? <laughs> I'm buying green pants. Why not? It would be totally worth it, though.
0: Uh, where where's our friend Patrick
3: Finley?
1: That would be a good joke. the The white shirt with the green pants that he wore
3: in Tampa. If we, <laughs> the white shirt, but shoes. he's worn him for two games. He yes. wore it to another game. He did. Yeah,
1: early in the season, he did.
3: We should do that. I don't know where you buy green pants, though. I, wouldn't I don't. It. I would have to go to Amazon and just order order them, probably. All right. Um, let's keep it going here with some other games. A rare time where we're going to pick a Thursday night game. So apologies if you're listening on Friday. But uh, it's a good one tonight. It's it's one of the better games of the week. Packers going to Arizona. This is on Fox and the NFL Network. The Cardinals are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, which... I'm sure it has a lot to do with the fact that Packers are dealing with COVID issues, too, and Devontae yeah. Adams is out, and Alan Lazard is out. But, like, I don't know. Last time I, I checked, Aaron Rodgers is still playing, right?
4: F- yeah. you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's
3: he's good, I think. He, he's good, yeah. Um,
1: the Cardinals are good, too, though. That offense yeah. is quite loaded. I'm going to go – I'm going to say Cardinals by a touchdown. Yeah. Even though they're losing J.J. Watt for the season, did you see that report? Um, yeah, I did. Wait, a touchdown and an extra point, or just the touchdown? Oh yeah, uh, touchdown and extra point, seven points. yeah. yes, oh, okay.
3: yes. Is that, is it? yes that I guess flips it. the spread.
1: Yes, Kevin? Cardinals
3: by seven.
4: I got Cardinals by two touchdowns. Whoa! Yeah. Sometimes the Packers just like take take like a I game off. Like, yeah, I feel like if the Cardinals go up early and Rogers like, you know what? I got. I don't have Devonte. You know, it's a short week. We're on the road. Like, yeah. Like, like they have those games where they just get like they they lose by a lot. Like, it is like concerning. Couple- like Devonte Adams is such a huge part of their offense. I did see they're
3: six and no without him. Yeah, but this year he's like but, I
4: don't know if this is still the yeah. same as it was a couple weeks ago.
3: He was like accounting for seventy percent of their offense.
4: Oh yeah, it's crazy how much he's yeah. What a big party! Is. But that's what i was saying. Like if if the Cardinals can score early. And, you know, do their thing on defense. I feel like the Packers, not that the Rodgers are going to, like, pack it in, but I don't know, it happens with like two or three times, two times a year. The Packers already had one. This will be their second.
3: All right. Weird things happen on Thursday night. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win, but I think the Packers cover. I still think they're a good team.
0: Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Yeah.
3: All right. Fox Noon. Eagles at Lions. Lions are only a three-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. So uh, do the Lions get their first victory of the year? I'm going to pick the Lions to win. Um, Whoa. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other night. I don't know if they're – like, it's, it's hard to go winless. And with the 17th game, <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is They've the one it. they get. Yeah, They've yeah. done it. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they go 1-16 instead of you know 0-16, but Eagles aren't very good. Yeah, I'll take the Lions in this one.
4: You have a real difference in, like, people, like, like, the Lions, from a, I hate to use this word, culture standpoint, are just fine, right? And, like, they put up a great fight last week, so I like the Lions to cover. I don't know if they'll win, because they're still really bad talent-wise.
3: Yeah, I think this is gonna be a close one. I think the Lions hang in there. I think they're still struggling to figure out how to win games. So I'll take uh I'll take my guy, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles to win the game, though.
0: One of the local writers, Adam Hogie or Hog. Excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the
3: last name. CBS Noon Titans at Colts. The Colts coming on strong all of a sudden. They're favored in this game. Yeah, I'm surprised by it. The Titans are coming off wins against the Bills and the Chiefs. They killed the Chiefs last week. And the Colts at three and four are favored. They're at home. It's just one point, but my goodness. I think Mike Vrabel is going to
1: use this. Like, he strikes me as a bulletin board material coach. Yeah. <laughs> right? There it is. Plus one. Titans are going to win by like. Fifteen or something like that. Titans are, are, I, I think they're they're gonna blow him out personally.
4: Oh I, I do I that's a good call on Vrabel because not only that, I think he's the type of guy that actually looks at the Vegas lines for motivation. Not that like I don't think he's obviously doesn't gamble, but I feel like some coaches actually never ever look at the line and don't and, and legitimately don't care about it. I don't think he's one of those coaches. I think he's a coach who always knows especially when it comes to motivational standpoint, yeah, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get this line at all. So it's like, do you lean into it or do you just underthink it? I'm underthinking it, Titans Titans win.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I, think this is adjusting. I I, think the Colts are better than they showed earlier in the year. And I think that they bounced back nicely the last couple of weeks, but it's not like that game against the 49ers was pretty. Um, Carson Wentz is playing better, though. This is at home. I think it's a good game, but I got to take the Titans. Unless there's like a huge, like, drop back to earth type situation after what happened against the, the chiefs. But that sometimes happens in the NFL, but I don't know. We're later in the season now. So I think things are kind of more established. So I'm going to take the, uh, the, the Titans too. And I don't think they'll win by that much, but I think they'll win.
1: Chris, uh, Matt Nagy has always been kind of the past half full
3: kind of guy. CBS 325 Patriots at chargers. The Chargers are six-point favorite in this one as the Patriots go across the country. I added this one because
1: there weren't a lot of good games. <laughs> it's an to okay Pat- game. Are the Two Patriots good, or do they just beat up on the Jets? I think they just beat up on bad teams.
3: Yeah, I think they get exposed against teams like this. At six points, probably where they should be. Um, Chargers coming off the bye. I think they lost before the bye, too. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. Same here.
4: Yeah, Chargers just uh, added a, a big weapon to their practice squad, and uh, Patty Fisher, former Northwestern linebacker, I think that... It's, uh, they're
3: it's, just the Los Angeles Wildcats at this point. They
4: are. I think that's the boost that they needed this week to uh, win and cover.
3: Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is actually a good Sunday night game, I feel like. I like this game. It's NBC, 720, Cowboys and Vikings both coming off their bye week. Cowboys are the top scoring offense in the league. The Vikings are, you know, they're they're tough. I mean, they're not terrible. They're 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 like the classic Vikings team. Like they're they're not easy to beat. They're also not great. Um, they can hang in there. You know that building's gonna be rocking on Sunday night in this game. The Vikings are one and a half point underdogs at home against the Cowboys. I was going through some stats and building the charts
1: I always do for my articles, and I was surprised at how got to call it efficient or, or just pretty darn good. The Vikings offense is. Now they still got my guy Kirk Cousins at quarterback, so there's some limitations there. Um I just think the Cowboys are like I don't think maybe we're not talking about them enough here in Chicago, but they may be one of the best teams in the NFL. Like I think that. Their their offense is also up there in all the offensive rankings, running the ball, passing the ball, all that stuff. Give me the Vikings, not the Vikings, sorry. Give me the Cowboys in this one. Um, maybe by a touchdown.
4: Cowboys are undefeated against the spread this year, I believe. Um, and I I think that probably continues. You've got to imagine at some point the fact that like like Mike McCarthy's going to make a decision that's going to like really bite them.
3: He's done some though. They win in spite of him.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Like the Vikings, just that that defense isn't what it used to be. No, but as John said, the offense has been really, really good. Um, but no, I'll, I'll I'll take the Cowboys here. Cowboys by this, four.
3: Yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I
4: do. I'm I'm excited about this one. I
3: think it's gonna be entertaining. There's gonna be some points put up. Um, ultimately, I think the Cowboys are the better team. The Vikings are interesting though. I think they almost lost that game against the Lions a couple weeks ago. They should have lost it honestly. And their I think they would have been like what two and four, two, and five at that point. I don't know how many games. we've. Been. I guess that would have been two and four a couple weeks ago, but they managed to bounce back from that. And um, maybe they only been a one. I don't know. Whatever. It would have been a terrible loss. Obviously, they lose the Lions. They came back. and I think they won that one. Then they won the following week going into the bye. So, that's the type of thing that can kind of swing a season, maybe. And all of a sudden, you beat the Cowboys this week, you're feeling pretty good about themselves. So this is a, this is like a big test for the Vikings. I think ultimately, though, the Cowboys win in the end. I think it's going to be good, fun, close. Cowboys cover, win, and, um, yeah, good Halloween evening game. There you go. We trick-or-treating in the
1: press box or? I'm rushing out of there. <laughs> Kidding. Like See my kids
3: it. do a little trick or treating. All right, um, Kevin, good stuff. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Hey, who do you Thanks, have in Kev- uh,
4: Michigan? Michigan State. What's John, those are college. Those are college football teams. So uh, I'm, aw- I'm, aw- I'm
1: aware. I'm, z- I'm I have zoned out.
4: Uh, I think it's Michigan by four at East Lansing.
0: Uh
3: I think I'll take Sparty.
4: All right, Mel Tucker. Sparty. There it is. All right,
3: Follow him on Twitter at at KFishbane. Appreciate you, Kevin. You can read him on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan. John, same thing for John Z on Twitter at Adam Johns. I'm at Adam Hogan. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Appreciate you guys listening. Check out the YouTube page. Subscribe. com. We will be back post-game. Bears 49ers. Bears get a big win. Or Bear season starts to go downhill even more than it already is. That would not be good, but we'll talk to you either way after the game.
1: See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God (laughs) bless.